The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Well, as Ed mentioned, um, China extending its drills near Taiwan following Nancy's Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's visit to the territory. That was a week ago now. Drills ongoing. Uh, joining us now is Stephen Engel, Bloomberg's TV chief North Asia correspondent. Uh, Stephen, what's the situation around Taiwan at the moment? Yeah, so we were going to have those four days of military exercises, which we did have uh, from Wednesday to Sunday, uh, following Nancy Pelosi's exit from the island after her controversial visit. Uh, And they did have these six exclusion zones encircling Taiwan. And that's where we had a a number of different exercises with uh, the PLA Navy, the Air Force, as well as rocket teams. A number of different missiles were fired, uh, ballistic missiles, as well as claims by Japan that uh, a few of them actually went over the island of Taiwan and also into Japan's uh, exclusive economic zone, or EEZ. So it was set up for uh, being quite an inflammatory uh, a week, obviously, uh, that was supposed to conclude on Sunday. But again, we're hearing from the military of China uh, that they've either extended or launched new exercises, as uh, we just heard from um, Ed, that anti-submarine operations are underway as well as, well as air-to-sea strikes. And again, uh, Taiwan would call this the most provocative by the PLA in decades. Uh, we'll have to see where it goes from here, though. Steve, as you know, I mean, the big concern here is on uh, the invasion front, right, that, that the mainland Chinese forces would actually invade Taiwan. Are people saying that this is essentially a, a dress rehearsal under these circumstances? I think they're using this opportunity to fine-tune their tactics, obviously, and to poke little holes in the fence around Taiwan, uh, see where there's vulnerabilities. And for their sake, Taiwan is doing the same thing. They're seeing the tactics being used uh, by the PLA forces and where they need to bolster their defenses as well. I, I, I would be the last one to say that uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi's visit would spark an invasion of Taiwan. I think there's been a standoff and a status quo for a long time for very good reason. Neither uh, side, if you will, would want war right now, but I think they're just testing each other right now. Yeah, to what degree are both Pelosi's visits and what we're seeing from the Chinese military at the moment really tailored to domestic audiences rather than a dress rehearsal for an invasion? No, oh, he absolutely, absolutely. If you're talking about Xi Jinping, he absolutely has a domestic audience uh, to cater to. I think uh, when uh, Nancy Pelosi actually landed on the island, there was an outcry from ultranationalists on Weibo and the Chinese social media that the Beijing did not do enough. Well, in the last 
you know, six days or so, they've been trying to escalate, if you will, the, the military exercises and show a, a, a sign of strength, if you will, against the moves. And there's been some economic moves as well. But just how far uh, can China go without also damaging itself as well on the economic front? So if you're Xi, Xi Jinping and you're dealing with uh, difficulties on the economic front vis-a-vis -vis the property market, you're looking at the People's Congress in the fall, do you exploit this as a way of building nationalism? Well, I think obviously everything they do uh, kind of tries to build up nationalism and a support for the the Communist Party. Uh, I think that's is it a distraction? It's well, it depends on how you do it. I mean, if you are seen by uh, the populace in China as losing uh, the optics game, then then it is a distraction. But if you also say and you know vilify Nancy Pelosi, vilify the U.S. efforts to destabilize the status quo, then they can use it to their advantage. Especially as you said, ahead of this party congress, where Xi Jinping will very likely uh, get that third consecutive term. Well, a number of other countries, Australia included, have described China's actions after Pelosi's visit as an overreaction. Do you think the U.S. and its allies got a bit caught off guard by just how long these drills have been going on for now? Well, Joe Biden was asked about that today, and he expressed confidence that China would not escalate beyond just these drills. As I said, the economic sanctions so far are pretty minuscule. Again, the big economic trade between the two is on integrated circuits, and China absolutely needs those integrated circuits from Taiwan. So cutting that off would do itself uh, you know, some harm. Um, but again, Joe Biden also kind of refused when he was asked, did, did Nancy Pelosi cause this tension, this, these military games? And he refused to falter, really. He's saying that was her decision to go. But I'm sure there's been a lot of um, internal dialogue and maybe some uh, conversations, if you will, behind the scenes. It's like uh, that probably wasn't a, such a good idea. Well, it's interesting you bring up the semiconductor story, I mean, where Taiwan is concerned and the, the product that needs to go to the mainland. What has commercial shipping been like in the Taiwan Strait over the last week? Well, there was big concern, obviously, because these six exclusion zones, or as state media in China called them, danger zones, uh, many of them, or th at least three of them I could see on the map, uh, are in the Taiwan Strait, uh, a key shipping uh, lane, obviously, for global shippers. Uh, some have had to divert around the east side of the island rather than go through the Taiwan Strait. Uh, but shipping tracking data uh, that Bloomberg has seen shows that four of the PLA's so-called danger zones are being traversed right now by merchant ships. So uh, it seems as though the threat, at least according to many of the shipping lines, has diminished. How does all of this get received domestically in Taiwan, not just uh, Nancy Pelosi's visit, but uh, the military flexing that's going on uh, from China? You know, how do, how do the ordinary Taiwanese feel about all of this? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. I think it probably... Um, They've, they've been dealing with this threat for many, many years. I lived in Taiwan uh, in the early or to mid-90s, and there was, there was these kinds of things. In fact, in 1995-96, there was an eight-month-long standoff called the Third Taiwan Strait Crisis. Two different U.S. aircraft carrier groups were sent to the area. One, the Nimitz, even passed through the Taiwan Strait. There was serious uh, saber-rattling going on, and Taiwan got on with its business, and I think they're still doing that as well. There's going to be a little bit of economic pain, but even the Ministry of Finance's uh, chief statistician giving a press conference, the chief statistician essentially saying because of the China's reliance on electronics and integrated circuits and the like, we expect very little 
uh, chance of China imposing stricter economic sanctions. That would be the biggest pain. The military threat has always been there. But yes, these are very provocative war games, obviously. Stephen, good stuff. Oh, by the way, very quickly, what, what, what do we know about uh, the way in which this is being re represented in Chinese uh, press outlets? Oh, they're absolutely using it to their advantage, as they would. I mean, the, most of the media outlets are controlled by uh, the, the Communist Party. So they'll, they'll, they'll be using this to their advantage, obviously. Always a pleasure. Steve, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Bloomberg Stephen Engel, who is our chief Asia TV, North Asia TV correspondent, joining us from Hong Kong. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.